Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier. I think like a lot of people, I've been feeling confused and disoriented from following the news during the first couple weeks of the Trump administration. It feels like somebody keeps pulling the rug out from under my feet over and over. The story is unfolding like a soap opera or a reality TV show where every day, every episode, there's a new outrageous event and the tension increases. And I can't stand it, but I also can't look away. I have to watch the next episode to see how the conflict and tension are resolved. But God damn it, in the next episode, there's a new outrage, a new conflict, worse than ever. Nothing gets resolved. There's just more and more tension. In reality TV, it all builds to a season finale where one person or one team is victorious above all others. And that seems to be the narrative structure now in real life. America first, every day threaten a new country. I'm afraid we're headed to a war, a big war, one that will begin with a tweet and end with nuclear explosions. When I'm confused and don't know what to do, I tend to get in my car and drive around, talk to people at random, asking them what they think is going on and why, because I think it's a good idea to listen to other ideas and ways of seeing things. So last week, I decided to drive to California, to the beach. Things started out okay. I was 40 miles southeast of my home in Salt Lake City, driving across the open desert, following the old Pony Express route. A sunny day, 10 inches of snow on the ground, and I saw some guys standing next to a pickup a couple hundred yards off the road in the sagebrush. So I stopped and walked over to talk to them. It was a father and three older kids out target practicing. Steve Merrill. He'd been a Navy officer in the Persian Gulf War and had a Ph.D. in business management. Organizational leadership. Next to the pickup truck, they had a moving blanket spread out on the snow. And on the blanket, there were five or six assault rifles and some ammunition. Um, well, tell me about what, what kinds of weapons do you have here? We have uh, several different pistols from 22 uh, to 45 and 9 millimeter. Our rifles, we have 308s, uh, AR-15s, which shoots a 223 ammunition, um, AK-47s. We have a Scorpion, which shoots a 9 millimeter. Uh, that one there is uh, uh, my son's AR-15 that shoots a 223. So what are, you, what are you worried about as a family, as a group who, that you're out here practicing for? Or is it not a matter of defense or Well, it, it's, it's self-defense, yes, because uh-huh. we believe in, in peace. But there are individuals out there that don't care about laws, don't care about anything. They, they want to take my life or take my things. And so we practice to defend ourselves and our families. Who do you think that people are that want to take your stuff? Well, there's uh, that ranges from terrorists uh, to some uh, legislators who don't believe that uh, we should be able to uh, come out here and target practice, let alone you know carry uh, concealed or have weapons at all. Uh, so you've uh, I swore an oath and I still adhere to it to support and sustain, you know, support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, and I believe uh, in all of the amendments, speech, gathering, bearing arms, all, all of the amendments. Um, 
So I, I practice with my sons and my family. Thank cool. you very much, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I should have asked more questions, but they were packing up to head home, so I said thanks and walked back to my car. I drove on towards Great Basin National Park near the border of Utah and Nevada, wondering what kind of attack it would be where you'd need six assault rifles to defend your home and family. Mr. Merrill seemed like a reasonable man, well-educated, just trying to be prepared. He said he was afraid of terrorists, but the chances of being attacked by terrorists is actually quite small. It does happen, but we're 250 times more likely to die in a car accident, 270 times more likely to kill ourselves, suicide, than by dying in a terrorist attack. I thought maybe I'd be more worried about the power grid going down, causing widespread panic, no rule of law, no food in the stores, and in that case, I'd be shooting other Americans, maybe my neighbors. I'd met other people who have guns, even assault rifles, in preparation for the end of civilization as we know it, and I always thought of them as a fringe element of society, kind of kooky. But now, they've won the election. Now they're running the country, and their paranoia is becoming normal. We all need assault rifles just to be prepared. And this thought was depressing. Somewhere in the middle of Nevada, I realized I don't want to drive around and talk to people anymore. The time for listening is over, and reason doesn't work. Rational arguments don't work. We should have learned this by now. No, I thought. This is time for direct action. Protests, demonstrations, strikes, boycotts. So here's an idea. We surround the White House, both as performance art and a quasi-military tactic, a siege. No weapons, no violence. We just stay there until the people inside either leave or promise not to start a war or even participate in war. No more war. That's the demand. There's a public sidewalk around the perimeter of the White House, and I think ten to 20,000 people could do it. Not that many, really, considering other protests have drawn crowds in the hundreds of thousands. No more war, because war doesn't work anymore. In our 15-year-long war on terrorism, we've spent $4 trillion, much of it borrowed, killed 1 to 2 million people, many of them children, lost 7,000 U.S. soldiers, 50,000 wounded, 22 committing suicide every day, and there are only more terrorists who control more territory stretching from Afghanistan across the Middle East and Northern Africa, producing millions of refugees. No more war. It only makes things worse for everybody and the planet. We'd be much safer now in every way if we would have spent the $4 trillion on solar panels and wind turbines. So, we lay siege to the White House. Right now, it's just an idea. I'm not an organizer. I have no idea how to actually pull it off. But maybe you do. I'd like to hear your ideas. So I've signed up for a phone number that you can call and leave a message. The number's on our website, homebrave.com, but it's 720-721-4050. Call in with your ideas, and I'll play some of them on the air and we'll go from there. I'd like to thank everyone who's donated to this show. We don't do advertising, 
Home of the Brave survives on listener contributions, and I very much appreciate your support. I have a list of names of people who donated $100 or more over the past couple of months, and I'm going to read them now. Thanks very much to Stephen Altim, Christopher Little, Ryan Crosby, Nancy Pace, Jade Whiting, Chris Perkowski, Joshua Fuqua, Daniel P. Abernathy, Jason Shoup, Mark Elliott, Douglas Wilson, Bill Bryson, Levi Davis, Wayne Hanowitz, Martin Fabris, Daria Fireman, Jack Box, Lily Taylor, Scott Parrish, Tarwin Stroh Spiger, Jeremy Miller, David Sisko, Lucy Hall, Sharp Enterprises, Eric Hone, John J. Goodman, James Colombo, Sally Sham, Scott Abbott, Decker Warren, and John Pace from Cleveland. Okay, thank you very much for listening, and let's see what happens with this idea.